Hello and welcome to episode 27 of the Phases of the Moon Knight podcast. This is the show where each week we read a stack of classic Moon Knight comics, then get together and talk about the characters, villains, and stories with an eye towards how these stories may connect to the Disney Plus Moon Knight show. We'll also be discussing comic history, comic reading, and other Moon Knight related news. My name is Dwayne, and back with me again this week is my good buddy Dan. Dan, welcome. Hey, Dwayne. How's it going? It's, I, I mean, I'm looking forward to this. We, we ended up splitting this episode up into two because yes. we are on the current run of Moon Knight, Volume 9, which started the um, summer of 2021 and is still ongoing. In fact, this next week... Uh, the new episode, new issue, issue eleven comes out. So we we've got uh, a lot that we can uh, we can talk about. Yep, absolutely. All right, so we we uh, are going to sw- switch over and talk about some MCU related news. And first up, we had there was a video released on YouTube from Marvel talking about Oscar Isaac playing both Mark and Steven. Did you get a chance to see that? Yeah, I thought it was interesting the, the way they talked about you know how sometimes he would play off other actors, sometimes again uh, play off of his brother, um, sometimes it would end up I think just being him. But the the thing I think was most interesting was that the scene they did in the bathroom for episode one was evidently technically extremely challenging to get it to work the way they want with all of the evidently when you're doing two different actors in a in a room with essentially an infinity mirrors thing going on and they're not actually both there at the same time but you need to make all of the reflections and everything work it is a, a challenging thing to do so they had one of the the guys who was one of the um sort of cgi and graphic specialists on there to visit about it, it yeah. pretty cool stuff it's an interesting watch yeah, and and so we would have actually gotten some more of this sort of thing with the Moon Knight Assembled episode, which we thought was going to uh, drop the week after episode six, and then it got delayed and actually is coming out this this next week, right? The, yep, the should be the, the day after this drops. It should be the uh, that Wednesday or whatever. It should be uh, the, the episode will come out. So we'll see how that goes. The Assembled episodes have been interesting. If you haven't watched them, out on Disney Plus, they've got assembled episodes for a lot of the shows and movies and the like. And it gives you kind of a behind-the-scenes look at stuff. And Moon Knight gets one as well. So yeah, there there was speculation that possibly the reason it was delayed was because we might be seeing might might get a season two announcement as, as part of this behind-the-scenes thing. It, it seems unlikely at this point, but you you can't rule anything out. I think at this point, so. Uh, if nothing else, you're going to get some some really interesting looks at, at at how they how they built that six episodes and and those some of that stuff like like this video uh, talking about you know Oscar Isaac and the mirrors and that sort of thing it, it it it's really interesting and and I love getting that kind of uh, behind the camera sort of view uh, of how some of this stuff gets done because it it does tend to be a lot more complicated than I think we give it credit for sometimes. It's also interesting how Marvel has turned into this sort of juggernaut where even after a show is done, they keep churning out sort of that content to just keep a small boil on it, you know, because there's Uh almost certainly folks who haven't finished watching the Moon Knight show yet, who haven't started it, so they keep trying to drop new content into Disney Plus to kind of just remind people so they get around to, to watching it, and there's know new things on youtube etc it's a uh, it's an amazing machine to watch it really is it, it it is crazy it feels like i am seeing just as many if not more um advertisements for the moon Knight show on social media than i was as the show was going on and so yeah they are definitely still trying to make sure people are aware that they can see this show they can see the show in its entirety now and and they're not they're not giving up on the potential that the, that there could be more people that might be interested in, uh, in watching this so do you think it was good watching it episodic or would you have preferred to have just binged it once it was all over like in terms of, because there's some That's, shows that it's really yeah. nice to have that week to just sort of stew in your juices about it and try and see what's going on and think about it. 
And there's others where you're like, just give it all to me now. Cause yeah. I So I actually just finished up season four of Ozark on Netflix. And Net, Netflix, they, they typically drop an entire season. But the, the way they did it this time is they released half the season in January. And then the, the second half of the season in like late mid to late April. And, and so we, we waited until, until now so that over the last, you know, 10 days or so, we basically watched the entire 14 episodes and, and, and I will tell you that a lot of times when I'm watching, I want to see the next one immediately. And, yeah. and, and, and so in a lot of ways, I feel like I would have liked to have watched Moon Knight just all in one or two sittings, maybe. But at the same time, I think I thought more about the show over the last six weeks nope, episodically than, than, than I probably would have thought about it had I gotten to watch it all in like one or two sittings. Yeah, Netflix and streaming changed a lot of the way that I think people think about watching longer form television in terms mm-hmm. of that ability to binge it. But Disney and Marvel do seem to really be an, an Apple Plus because they've got these services where they want to make sure people keep at it, you know. Right. HBO made, I think, I, am I the only person who subscribed to HBO for two months a year for most of the early 2000s? <laughs> they would drop Game, Game of, of Thrones. Thrones. Uh-huh. We would we would have it until that was done, and then we would quit, right? So, right. Um, so they're trying to to span these things out better, but it yeah. is very different. So, in any case, yeah. uh, the Assembled's coming out. Get a chance to take a look at that. Maybe get a little bit more behind the behind the scenes, see what's going on. Should be fun. Right. Why don't you jump in and tell us about uh, what's going on in Moon Knight on paper? It's actually quite a week for Moon Knight in paper, both in terms of what's coming out and what we've we've learned. Uh, the new number eleven, like you said, by McKay and Capuccio is coming out. Um, the the tagline for that. There's a bunch of other stuff I won't necessarily go with, but it's just trapped in an unwinnable battle. Moon Knight must go to the last person he'd ever want to for aid. So I was going to ask you, having having been through all of these, who is the last uh-huh. person Moon Knight would want to go to for aid? Uh, the first person that comes to mind is Bushman. That is who I would think is the, the first person. But yeah. Bushman's useless at this point, so I don't know exactly he, what, uh, what he, he would he, do. He is pretty useless <laughs> after the after his last uh, appearance. But uh-huh. we we have not seen Bushman in the in the McKay run yet. No, we uh, haven't. So there is a possibility he might have his proverbial go. head on straight or more straight than than the last time we saw him. So, so that could be. I don't know who else it could be to be. The other, the other option. I mean, it's not a person, but Conchu would be the last entity. I would think he would want to have to go to for aid at this point. But that, we'll see. That is I guess we, I guess true. we find out on Comic Book Day. So, uh, yes, we'll see what happens. Um, but, but that's going to be exciting. Uh, we had to wait for this one. It was delayed a little bit, but it's coming out on Wednesday. Uh, there's also a five issue new series that was just announced that's going to have moon knight in it you probably weren't around for well you weren't around for damage control but some of us remember it as this weird kind of jokey series the the idea behind damage control was that you had all these heroes essentially making a mess of new york all the time and so damage control was this agency that was constructed that basically had to go around and clean up after all the heroes as they were destroying new york okay so uh, it was kind of riffed on, actually, in the Spider-Man movies, where the Vulture um, was one of those guys who was, like, picking up uh, Chitauri artifacts and stuff like that and whatever, and he stole one of them, and then he created the, the Vulture costume. But in any case, five-issue damage control series, they say it focuses on a fresh damage control hire named Gus, who has no idea how chaotic his life is about to become, as his new job will have him cross paths with Moon Knight, Nightcrawler, She-Hulk, Quicksilver, Ghost Rider, and other superheroes and villains. I have no idea if, if Moon Knight's in one of these or all of them, but it looks like somehow or another Moon Knight has got mixed up in this <laughs> damage control thing. So be on the lookout for that, Moon Knight completists. You've got another book to uh, hit your pull list with. Um, That's, that sounds interesting. I like, yeah. I like that. This seems 
like something I should probably watch out for. Places you would not expect Moon Knight, though. Damage control is high on that list. So Okay. There you go. Um, and then, I guess, as far as I've been having a recommendation lately, I actually just finished a, a new series from Image. Volume 2 of The Good Asian came out. Uh, absolutely amazing book. It's essentially like a film noir um, sort of story that blends like early 20th century American and Chinese American history. Reminds me in a lot of ways of The Big Sleep. Uh, just got this crazy intricate plot that goes all through it. It's very much a hard-boiled detective story. Uh, it's got a lot of things in it that'll make you think, a lot of things that'll make you angry. But the story itself, the art, it's all spectacular. So I absolutely cannot recommend it enough. It's been nominated for an Eisner and all that sort of stuff. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. But anyways, Good Asian, really, really good series. It has been reprinted now in complete uh, in two volumes from Image and well worth a read. All right. Uh, we, we shall look out for that. Why don't, why don't we transition and let's talk about the stack for this week. Sure. Um, relatively straightforward. We're going to read the, uh, the last four books of Volume 9 of Moon Knight. Number 7 through 10. We're then going to read Devil's Rain, or, or take a look at Devil's Rain Moon Knight, which uh -huh. is a companion book to the Devil's Rain event that's been going on in the Marvel Universe. And then, if we have time, we're going to take a look at Black, White, and Blood Number 1. If we don't run long, we will put that on the stack, and we'll talk about it the next time we return to talk about Moon Knight down the, uh, down the road. So... All right, that sounds good. Yeah, let's start with uh, issue number seven. It's called Headhunters. Yep. So the regular cast, we got uh, Jed McKay, Federico Sabatini on story and art. Rachel Rosenberg, or Rochelle Rosenberg is doing the colors. Corey Petit on letters. And Tom Brevert is the primary editor on it. Um, quick synopsis, Mr. Knight goes into the bar with no name and asks about Zodiac. Tigra calls someone, and we find out that she's watching Spectre for the Black Panther. Moon Knight just about drops 8-Ball into a shredder while looking for information, and after getting the information, he then goes off and finds Marsdale Slaughter, who he ends up fighting, but who refuses to talk. <coughs> he does, however, find out that the location of someone named Clown, when they find him, has been killed, and his head has been removed uh issue then ends with dr sturman his therapist finding zo she kind of returns to her office and finds zodiac sitting there in a chair uh with the head of the clown just kind of waiting to visit with her yeah so, they what do you, what do so, you think <laughs> so yeah so we had the big reveal uh in five and six of the zodiac the, the this villain that has been kind of stalking Moon Knight in the shadows uh, since the start of of this volume run and so he's going out looking for information on how to how to how to find him and and I I, I think this is a great follow-up because it's like I wasn't sure that there was really an obvious place on where to go and so he so this bar with no name apparently has a bit of a a reputation to yep. be the place where unsavory types tend to hang out and uh that 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 was that was really kind of cool and gets pointed kind of at the direction of eight ball and and, and yeah he's he, he he's definitely still kind of like he's really upset about zodiac and so he's willing to go to basically just about any lengths in order to get information uh so that he can confront zodiac including potentially killing this uh, eight ball character so i i really like this I, I liked the fact that we found out that tiger is actually kind of working for for black panther we like it seemed weird that she just all of a sudden showed up and and it now makes obviously a bunch more sense that that she's there on the behest of of the avengers and and, and specifically communicating with black panther and it, and it also i think calls back well to that avengers story where it it like black panther had a bit 
like was really concerned about Moon Knight and and was like really like this isn't you I I you know I know something's going on that sort of thing when he's like t- trying to take over and is beating on the other Avengers and stealing their powers and stuff and so this is a nice callback to that that story as well and he and he continues mm-hmm. to be you know very it, it it seems very like consistent from a continuity standpoint this this i i like ties back tie backs into into previous stories that make sense no absolutely and these bars by the way it's kind of weird how these pop up all over the marvel universe but you've got the bar with no name and there's actually a number of them in different places but manhattan has one (coughs) there's also like the bar with no doors which is the same thing only for sorcerers so okay there's all these places in the marvel universe where characters can just kind of go and hang out every once in a while with other folks who are in their particular class of hero or villain or whatever when they when they want to but yeah i find it interesting because he just sort of strides in and he's like you guys could fight me but you know you don't know what i'm gonna do i don't know what i'm gonna do he's like no one in this bar myself included knows exactly what i'm capable of and he's like, it's probably just best if we don't fight because I'm not sure if you're going to survive either, you know. So um, then he gets his information and then he wanders on. So and they kind of they kind of leave it a little bit open as to how that all happens. But uh, seems so like... is eight. Sorry. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say so is eight balls. Somebody that it, it has been seen a lot. I, I was not familiar with that particular villain. He seems like more of a lower lower rung sort of villain he is 100 percent not a a regular villain he's somebody who started out like quite a long time ago he first appeared way back in like the early 90s um but he's super obscure i think he appeared in sleepwalker and then maybe came back a couple of times just here and there this is something that i think jed mckay has really sort of taken to doing just he, he enjoys finding these characters that are just totally forgotten in Marvel history and then bringing them back just to sort of have some fun with them. And I like the fact that he's doing that because a lot of times you find that the writers try to find these characters that have sort of been reused over and over and over and they fall into these patterns. And he's kind of going back and just sort of dipping into Marvel's big bag of characters because they've got literally hundreds and thousands of characters many of which are just not used at all anymore and so rather than invent some new character or whatever he's finding some just goofy old characters and and making a call back to them and then bringing them into the story but but no not knowing eight ball does not uh oh, yeah. you and 99 percent of all comic book fans <laughs> do not know who eight ball is i hadn't seen him in ages so uh the art continues to be stunning in these books we we talked we talked about it uh a couple weeks ago when we when we discussed the first six books just the 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 total white and with this bit of a halo effect versus everything else that is so kind of this muted sort of vibrant color that it it just no matter where they're at whether they're in the bar or they're in this like construction site where he's where he's interrogating eight ball um it it just it looks amazing this book yep and the coloring is interesting it's it really is a very different super vibrant kind of color palette that they're using that makes everything just yeah seem a little bit you know almost like an extra like extra three-dimensional in a lot of ways the colors are not uh, as blended in a lot of ways so like you know i'm looking at marsdale right now and he's got this very purple jacket and it's just a, a the strong purple all of the colors are just really really strong on the page and yeah. it, it looks yeah like nothing i've seen in quite a long time so very cool stuff all right do we and, want to move on to issue number eight scarlet yeah, the, the only thing I would note, other than that, is I actually okay. really would like to see um, Marsdale again. So, because yeah. that was actually interesting. He had a fight with him, and essentially he's like, you know, you just can't really hurt me, and I'm never going to, 
Uh, I'm never going to tell you what you want. And eventually Moonlight's just like, you know what? I believe you. Uh, see you around, Marsdale. And then he just leaves yeah. him alone. Because he's just like, okay. Walks, yeah, walks away. <laughs> Good enough. I uh, I respect that. Which, which I, I mean, I think that plays off to that idea of he doesn't know what, you know, like... He, he has this barometer and like depending on where he's at and what he thinks the people he's dealing with know, he can either be ultraviolent or he can just walk away. It, yep. it, it all depends on kind of just how he's feeling and, and what, you know, what vibe I guess he's getting off of the person he's dealing with. And, and he's like, this guy doesn't yep. have information he's going to share so let's yep. let's just move on and find somebody else so just a couple of pages earlier he like was dumping someone into a shredder basically yeah. so yeah <laughs> he's yeah. Uh, unpredictable to say the least is the way he's written at this point so right. but yeah i think i think it's been good i i do like the tigra development too that we see she's come back she's become somebody who he's he's kind of confiding in and the like and now you get this idea that she's there, but she's sort of a double agent. And how's that going to work when he finds out that there's somebody who, you know, he's brought back into his mission, he trusts them, and they're actually working for the Avengers, working for Black Panther, sort of spying on him. Because, you know, after he attempted to take over the world a few months ago, nobody's really sure if they can trust him, right? Right. So... But at the same time, I do, sir. I, I do feel like she genuinely cares for Mark oh, Spector and Moon Knight, and and like that, you know, she's there at the behest of Black Panther and the Avengers. But I, I think she definitely is invested in in Mark Spector's well being and wants to see him, no. you know, re return to a a. Uh, a situation where he's comfortable and like the world can be comfortable with him i think yep. would be maybe the best way of putting it no it's, it's it's well done though it's really it's a really cool plot they're sort of developing with that so yeah but so anyways yeah that that would be number seven he, he goes to a bar beats a bunch of people up gets some information uh number eight we kind of get a little bit of a diversion things take a bit of a turn um, we also, is this, yeah, so this is McKay, Capuccio, Rosenberg, and Petit on this one, but it's a little weird in that it's essentially an issue without Moon Knight. And we find yeah. out why in a little while, right? Yeah. And it's kind of cool, uh, but this happens during the Devil's Reign, um, event, and we're going to find out that Moon Knight actually spends that in prison. So while he's away in prison, the comic is actually taken over by Hunter's Moon. Uh, he's taken Mr. Knight's spot and is actually going around helping people uh, in the area and essentially filling in at the Midnight Mission. While he's doing that, a former police detective, Flint, who we've seen a number of times over the years, he's worked with Spectre, he's gotten in trouble helping Moon Knight, um, and now, essentially, he's mostly been kind of broken down from detective in a lot of ways because of that. But he comes asking for help, looking um, to find out about some kills that have recently happened, which included crossbow bolts and the symbol of stained glass Scarlet. Flint gives some background on Scarlet and Hunter's Moon, then heads up to the old church. Uh, it turns out that Scarlet Fascinera has actually died, but that her legend has spawned a story and that that story and legend have spawned a number of followers. Vader then summons Khonshu and the two stories, because while he's in the church, essentially Scarlet becomes this story incarnate, and Khonshu comes back, also a god essentially being a story incarnate, and the two of them make war upon each other, uh, Khonshu, because of the fact that he is a god, he's essentially an old story and more powerful, is able to defeat Scarlet, but also sort of notes that stories never really die, so as long as she's got followers and people who think about her, she will be coming back. Um, and then in the epilogue, we see this little thing just showing us a 
like a prison or some sort of facility, and that someone named Rutherford Winner has escaped from it. Yeah. So Foreshad- foreshadowing, presumably something ahead. Yes, this this is a weird story. I I can honestly tell you, I don't know that I necessarily understood this. I I guess hearing you to you kind of give the overview on it i i get a bit more of an idea but there just this idea of her, her basically becoming this legend and this legend somehow having this almost physical sort of manifestation that then has to be dealt with and is like killing people and or or what i I don't know. I, I had a, I had trouble following the story, but the artwork in this was crazy, like absolutely just vibrant and and like really really something to see. Yeah, the the storytelling ability of Capuccio is really impressive, but it's it's interesting because it talks. It's it's like you know our bloody lady of vengeance, martyred by police gunshots, reborn in whispers. Because words taken together make a story, and so I became a story, a story that could kill. And then she proceeds to start somehow or another, uh, you know, taking him, dragging him down into this lower part almost of the uh, of the church. And then her followers, who are dressed up essentially like a group of almost a coven of stained glass scarlets, actually start shooting crossbows at him, which is. Uh, causing him some trouble and then uh, but 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 essentially then she becomes like this massive golden incarnate sort of story that he has to to get Conchu to help him face and it's it's very cool it is definitely a very um metaphysical type of story and resolution and everything like that so it's a little bit crazy but it was enjoyable I, I think that the thing I didn't like, if anything, is that we lost Scarlet, the character, mm-hmm. sort of off panel, and right. that was unfortunate. So yeah, I, I mean, I, I remember some of the early appearances of Stained Glass Scarlet being some of the best Moon Knight comics that we read, and you know, I mo- the most recent one before this was 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 a little out there very trippy and and weird she was kind of like uh i I don't i don't even remember the best way of putting this because it's like he was like yep totally enamored and like felt like there was this connection with with mark specter and all this sort of thing and and i don't know i i was expecting we would see stained glass scarlet again and and it would be the actual character not this like legend minor god thing that that, that yeah. she she is now yeah. which 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 is kind of unfortunate i think this, because this i is, think that's a really good character that yeah yeah and this is something that happens a lot in comics that whole idea of the importance of story like vertigo there was a series called the unwritten a while ago Fables, in a lot of ways, was sort of based on this and the idea that a lot of the stories, uh, fairy tales and fables, became essentially incarnate. So we we see it a lot, but it is unusual in the main Marvel universe to have this sort of thing come up mm-hmm. on a regular basis. Nonetheless, it was really kind of cool seeing that, again, you know, not only is Moon Knight now settled in, he's got his mission, but he's even got, like, a substitute teacher sort of thing where there's a guy down the street <laughs> yeah. who can take over his moon knight when he's not uh-huh. when he's not there. So I, I like that, the Hunter Moon character. I'm I'm ready for that to be a part of, of Moonlight lore for a while. Yeah, that that was unexpected that he would like step in and he's like Flint comes to see him and he's like, Yeah, Moon Knight's indisposed right now and and that and and so then we like it then made perfect sense that Flint's like, here, here's this this uh, adversary of Moon Knight's called Stained Glass Scarlet that he's interacted with and dealt with previously mm-hmm. and, and that sort of thing. So that was really cool. I 
how exactly did Kanchu show up in this? If he's detained in Asgard, I just that was the other thing that kind of I was failing to understand uh, in, in this. And, and maybe um, it's just because he's a god and and he can do that, I guess. Um, I'm. I think he tries to explain it here. I am. I am. He's like, you, you know, you have no power here, Moon God. I'm unjustly imprisoned, true, but my spirit and will have been summoned to this between space by my faithful son, my loyal fist. Uh, and so somehow he can still come back if people want him to. I So were they they so they weren't actually in like New York in this old church. They were like in this like metaphysical plane in between space and that's why he was able to be there i think when you get to when when you get to a certain point you can see like an army of other old uh moon knights in the background and like which are sort of that memory of all the moon knights that hunter's moon has access to and the the church after he gets shot with the um the bolts essentially it seems like yeah the the story comes and takes him away to this other plane because on one frame you've got a a picture of hunter's moon that's almost like in one of those weird glass panels like the one that the the phantom zone guys in uh in the old superman movies get trapped in where they like spiral off into space screaming in the little Uh so yeah at somewhere around two-thirds point of the book it moves from real space to this kind of trippy in-between world so yeah okay that 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 makes sense no it doesn't well i mean but if that makes sense as to why he (laughs) could show up there i suppose but uh if you just kind of enjoy it it's all good i also think the end of it is cool because after he gets done with that he goes back and is like having a cup of coffee or something and talking to reese and they kind of have it out a little bit where he's like yeah sorry about trying to kill you it's okay no, it's not okay, but, you know, I get it. We'll figure it out. Um, also in the coloring, by the way, I think that Reese as a character, the way that her eyes are always drawn is just that blood red with no real pupils or anything like that, and the, mm. black, uh, the black where the white should be in the eyes makes a very, like, recognizable and distinct character. So yeah. that's actually pretty cool too. It's a very cool yeah. character design uh, on on her as well. So yeah, this was this was more of a fill-in story, kind of a here's what's going on while Moon Knight's in prison, and we'll I, find out more about that later. Yeah, but, I, I love I love the fact that yeah he would like Jen McKay actually on Twitter was explaining that you know Devil's Reign, Moon Knight, and this issue eight were going on simultaneously, like. And so, and it makes perfect sense when you read this book and then you read, you know, uh, Devil's Rain Moon Knight, ex- exactly how, how that can happen. Because, yeah, we don't see Moon Knight at all in the in this issue. So should we maybe go on to that one and discuss what's going on while... Uh, oh, while... sure. You want to just take us there? We've, we've kind of teased folks what's going on, so... Let's let's go find yeah. out what Moon Knight's doing while he's sloughing off on his duties, and letting yes. all this stuff happen back at the mission. I I love I loved this. So so Devil's Reign Moon Knight is a one shot story that takes place at the same time as that that issue eight. Uh, in the Devil's Reign story arc, the main story, uh, New York Mayor Wilson Fisk outlaws vigilanteism in New York and. To enforce this law, he sends out the Thunderbolts to apprehend anyone displaying superhero powers. And it turns out Moon Knight is, like, the first person to be apprehended under this new law. It's, like, literally the next panel. It's crazy. So this story takes place while he's in prison. So Moon Knight is placed in a cell with 8-Ball, who we just saw him interrogating uh, in issue 7. Uh... Neither neither of them has any friends in this place. And so, uh, in prison, obviously, Moon Knight being a hero that put 
probably several of these people in there and then eight ball being just this other guy that that it doesn't seem like anybody has much respect for him uh in fact eight ball kind of starts to get harassed by some of the other inmates while he's there and mark specter comes to his aid uh those inmates uh specter threatened though uh after they went after eight ball bribes some guards to lead specter into the showers where they intend to beat up or possibly kill him only to have specter beat up this entire group in pretty much short order it it, it was pretty crazy specter then emerging from the showers asks the guard if he's got anybody tougher to take on and over the next four days there's a series of battles against some of these various superpowered inmates uh in this sort of uh like underground prisoner uh fighting ring or something so there's boom slag mr fish killer shrike and cactus in in a handicap match massacre and then we reach kind of the head of or the final boss of the of this ring and it is man mountain marco uh, yep. he's the current title holder of this of this fighting ring so we see these two fight, and during the fight, we then get a flashback to a discussion in the moon in the midnight mission with a Judith Court, who is the ex-wife of Marco, and is asking for his help. She is scared of the day Marco is going to get out of prison and needs Mister Knight's help. We learn that he purposely got himself caught by the Thunderbolts and put into prison so that he could make this happen. The fight goes back and forth for a bit and with Spectre eventually asking Marco to just walk away from his wife and daughter or he would, quote, never see his ex-wife or daughter again. Marco laughs and threatens Judith and his daughter. Spectre then proceeds to poke out the eyes of Marco with his thumbs. Uh, his job now complete. He fulfilled his mission. Spectre gets thrown into solitary confinement. I I absolutely loved this story and the fact that we get this 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 reveal in kind of the final few pages of this ex-wife coming and asking for his his help I really did not see coming and and really really enhanced the story for me. I I I really like the story and and the artwork in here was definitely different than we've seen so far it in is. the current run of of volume nine but i i actually really liked it. it 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 felt gritty it felt um i don't know it it felt it felt a little manga ish actually and i don't know if i'm wrong there but it it definitely felt like some of the stuff that i've i've seen uh in that in that realm it definitely felt manga-ish. And I don't know if I would go with Gritty. I think that it it was more kinetic. Like, it's got all these crazy action lines and everything like that. But there really isn't much for shadows and the like. It's, well, it's it, it's more that it, it, felt, it, it felt to me like a prison. Like, yeah. everything sort of feels tattered and broken and and like the 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 people there seem almost broken and and like you know the pictures of him basically he's cut out uh he's made basically a mr knight mask out of a yes. pillowcase and and it's it's put it's, a little moon on it yep. yeah yeah so so i i think when i when i say gritty that's that's what i mean there you go yeah it's it's definitely different than because Sabatini's doing stuff in the regular book. And mm. this seems like a much looser, much more manga-ish style than what we get from him in the book, in the, the normal book. Um, that may have something to do with the fact that there's a different colorist. It may have to do just with taking a different way of doing it. But this is a really interesting Moon Knight. I mean, he is, yeah. he is somebody who... I, I can actually see... Moon Knight doing this, you know, having a plan. It's a crazy plan. Get himself put in yeah. prison just so he can do this. But then once once he's there, yeah, there just continues to be, you know, McKay's way of writing Moon Knight is that he is a guy who who really has almost no limits. 
based on what he needs to do. Like, what he does to Marco is not... That's not appropriate. I'm no. going to just say um, that is not appropriate. We are not going to see this fight on Disney Plus anytime soon, I don't believe. <laughs> no. So, because um, he basically, yeah, like, claws his eyes out. Um, it's it's pretty crazy. Uh, the way they do his eyes and everything, too, he looks kind of mystical and, and the like. But it continues to be this thing where he's like, you know, Bushman was the first person who killed me, and I just... I'm not really too worried about it at this point because he, he really does have this air, almost a a mystical, nobody can kill me and I don't really have any idea what it would take for me to actually lose kind of vibe to him, which is very well, interesting. And the other thing that's interesting is you're going through and seeing these battles interspersed with the panels of these battles that he's dealing with. He's talking in in his cell with 8-Ball and he's talking about the fact that he's He's sort of losing himself in there, that he's becoming a bit more unhinged and, and that he, he he actually calls he talks about becoming a wild dog while he's in prison. Like any sort of semblance of of, you know, we, we talk about the fact that he's a bit unpredictable when he's out outside of prison. Right. That he doesn't know what he's capable of doing in here. It's like he feels like he like what he's capable of doing could get worse and worse and he's like the longer i stay in here the more the the like, worse it is for like me like a wild because, dog yep yeah i could i could get i i, I could really do something crazy yeah. if, if this doesn't happen and and like if this was his plan to get put in here i don't think that was something he thought about when he when he put when he hatched this plan to get apprehended mm -hmm. and put into prison to to help this woman out and, and so it's like the unintended consequences of his actions yeah uh, you know i i don't think he intended to go in and poke this guy's eyes out when he went in there but the fact that he's kind of been you know basically d fighting people non-stop since he's been in there yeah the, the, this is where he's at now well and even though i mean the way mckay writes him is interesting because you know He's talking to the wife, and he's like, you know, how can I help you? She says, I'm scared. <laughs> and his response is, there's nothing scarier out there, nothing scarier than me out there, and I'm on your side. So, you know, the the idea that he really does have this belief that he's just sort of this dark avenger, and he can do whatever he needs to do. But but I liked it. I think it was it was a lot of fun. It This is the way to do a crossover book. Because... Yeah. Yeah. You know, he probably knew that Moon Knight was going to have to go off and get arrested along with everybody else. And instead of it just being a throwaway, you get this thing that really builds character. And not only builds character for Moon Knight, but then also allows some of the other characters, you know, like Hunter Moon, to get his chance to do something. And, and really, instead of it being a lost month for Moon Knight, instead it becomes this really huge chance to sort of let the the main character and the supporting cast both grow. So, yeah. really really well done. Really well yes. done. But there you go. That's that's why he wasn't he wasn't home to take care of business at the mission. Right. So, right. But you you did. You really liked this one. I I did. I think arguably this was my favorite book that we read this week. I I really liked it and and the fact that it like looked a lot different than anything we've seen currently from Moon Knight I actually didn't bother me as much as it has in previous in previous issues where we've had, you know, creative changes and suddenly, you know, Mark Spector didn't look like the Mark Spector that I had seen just just week, you know, uh, a, a book or two previous. There you go. Very cool. All right, so shall we head back in, number nine? Yes, yes. Let's let's nope. jump back in and, and let's... Back to the regular series. Book number yep. nine is called Stranger. Stranger. Yes. It, an old man visits the Midnight Mission and tells Mr. Knight people are going missing from the sixth floor of a nearby apartment building. Funny thing is, the plans for the building only show there being five floors. We then see Moon Knight's first attempt to confront whomever or whatever is on the sixth floor of this building 
there's this maze-like hallway that he gets lost in and and after being in there for for quite a long time he suddenly gets very weakened uh food and water that sort of thing and and this entity something tries to reach out and touch his mind it shrieks out in pain and then and then spits him out out of a a, a nearby window and onto onto the street uh he goes and consults with dr sturman and then ends up going to the sanctum sanctorum and speaks with wong and asks for a favor uh with with some help to to kind of with this building like he thinks he knows what's going on he returns to the building and confronts what he believes to be is a house of shadows a living structure beyond space and time and instead of banishing the structure he offers it what he believes it wants which is a purpose uh, a mission if you will and that is as the new midnight mission which it accepts and at the end of the issue we see a completely rebuilt just like it was before it had gotten blown up in in, in issues five and six a a midnight mission uh re ready ready for use this yep. is this is a really cool story <laughs> a little weird but pretty cool yes so again kind of you know when we talk about how jed mckay is going back and reusing things the fact that the midnight mission is now inhabited by a character that's been around almost 60 years that nobody's ever heard of makes me laugh right because what this actually is is the house of shadows which was first invented by essentially like lee and kirby back in 1964 in strange tales it's only oh, appeared really like, only appeared like five times in the history of marvel like i went, looked it up it's like strange tales and then it was in like a rom and some doctor strange annual whatever and now moon knight right huh. so he's writing strange right now like the doctor strange stuff so i assume he's been going through and rereading all his old stuff and he decided that for whatever reason he saw the house of shadows from way back in the day it's like hey let's drop this into moon knight so probably it's some cross-pollination from the fact he's writing both books but right. i think it's cool and what it means is that now yeah he's got his own haunt, haunted house essentially um which for moon knight is a pretty cool thing so <laughs> i i think yeah. this is this is interesting though also just that idea of having a like a living entity in his you know he's got kind of his own sanctum sanctorum to a certain extent now yeah so. yeah and yep. so the, i'm i'm very curious to see whether or not this actually gets gets some use or gets some play as we continue through this through this series i would think it should i'm hoping it does so it's a, it's a cool idea in any case um and and the fact that you know in in this one he is and and he's been doing this more and more finding ways instead of defeating things to try and redeem them you know that the house is doing this but he realizes it's in pain and he finds a way to offer it essentially a a new reason for living or whatever by going and working with him instead of yeah. haunting and and doing this and it's kind of like if somebody is not willing to change he's going to gouge their eyes out but if they are willing to change, he's trying to find a way to give them a little bit of a, a break. And I think it's a cool it's a cool evolution of the way he does things in that. So Yeah. So, and we did get a little bit of guest appearance from uh, you know, he was he was over at the uh, the Sanctum Sanctorum. We saw Wong for a little bit to kinda of help him out with this. And then of course there's all of these interspersed things where he's talking where Mr. Knight is talking to his therapist about Zodiac and talking about, you know, what's been happening with the mission and all of that sort of stuff. And very interesting kind of, you know, he's, he's trying to work through a lot of these ideas with the therapist as we sort of see that happening in the story as well. So, yeah. And then there was the, the, the great thing is right at the very beginning, there's just this like very brief mention of basically, yeah, I busted out of prison. No problem. Like yeah. I had done the thing I needed to do in there. 
And so then it was just no problem. I, I I'm out of prison, and and that's why this story can continue. It's yep. it, it's <laughs> and you, it's just a small thing, but it's just I I just thought it was great. And you do kind of see him doing that in Devil's Reign number four. Him and a bunch of the other heroes are all getting together and beating folks up and getting out of getting out of prison so that they can continue on what they need to do. So. Yeah. All right, let's let, let's talk about the last book then that we have here, which is which is issue number ten. It's called Sessions. Sure. Did you see this one coming, by the way? Spoiler alert: If you haven't read number ten yet, and you're buying these comics, you should read number ten first, because there's a relatively big reveal in this one, right? So. Uh, yes. Uh, all right, I'll go ahead and, and read the uh, the thing. But you've been warned. If you've got ten sitting in a stack somewhere, read it before you uh, before you continue listening. So, right. um, this one we're back. We got McKay, Capuccio, Rosenberg, and Petit doing the story again. Uh, Moon Knight starts us out sitting in Doctor Sturman's office and recounting uh, his meeting with Rutherford Winner, who's one of Sturman's previous patients and who recently escaped the Ravencroft Institute. You didn't miss anything, by the way. Because he's going to recount that as he talks about that during the this one. So that's a thing that's happening during this issue. It turns out that Winner confronted Spectre in the newly recreated Midnight Mission, asking what he had done with his doctor. The two fight as we see the discussion between Sturman and Spectre in her office. She says Winner is a broken weapon who can't be saved, and that Moon Knight should be focused on himself and his future. Then, suddenly, Spectre threatens Dr. Sturman as we see Winner tell Moon Knight that the woman he's been seeing recently is not his doctor. Sturman grills, grins evilly and reveals himself as Waxman. Moon Knight then uses liquid nitrogen to subdue Waxman and put him in a giant sphere, after which he interrogates him via walkie-talkie with Tiger, Winner, and Soldier present. Uh, by, by interrogating, by the way, we mean threatens to put him in cement in his weird little sphere and leave him there, which would be yeah. about the worst thing you could do to someone like that, probably. Um, right. Waxman eventually agrees to talk, but after doing so, Moon Knight goes back on his word to spare him, saying, we need to move quickly because there's going to be blood tonight. So, yeah, he, uh, he was not very happy with him. But, so this one ends, again, still on a cliffhanger, but what we essentially find out is that Moon Knight in the first few issues is working with his therapist, but long around issue number seven, where Zodiac came to visit, Zodiac kidnapped his therapist, is working with Waxman, who then replaced that therapist, and for the last few issues, while he's been talking to, um, to Dr. Sturman, that has not actually been Dr. Sturman, it's been Waxman uh, as a kind of a proxy in there trying to get information about him and essentially give him bad advice. Yeah. We do not know currently what's happened to the psychologist. We do not really have any idea what's going on there. But hopefully we're going to find out in about three days when number 11. <laughs> yeah. So. This, this is like, you, you talk about a, a cliffhanger and then to now... Like this is the first time I've like had to now wait a whole month to to find out what happens because that is true. Up and, up until now, I've had been able to just go on to the next book if I wanted to, but the the book isn't out yet. I I, I, I I've been sitting on this for a couple of weeks and and not known what what what's going to happen. But that is true. I I love this story. Like I I did not. I had almost forgotten that Dr. Sturman got visited by Zodiac way back in, in issue seven. And so to then have him just all of a sudden, like, confront and, and, and threaten the doctor. And I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, God. And then you see, like, in the next panel or two, Winner's like, no, that's not the doctor. Uh, and then everything just sort of, like, then, then we see that it's Waxman. I just... I, I, re I really liked the way that had played out. And just watching Winner and Spectre go at one another, you know, they're they're talking to each other and then they're, like, kind of fighting a little bit. Uh, 
Winner, winner. When he first walks into the mission, he he asks like, "Is are are you Moon Knight?" And he's and Moon Knight's response was great. He says, "I wear a moon on my chest, and I live in a haunted house." You do the math. I mean, how, how fantastic is that? Nope. Yeah, he, it's the the one liners have been spectacular in in this in these, but uh, it is interesting too that that they are very similar characters and that they're both going to sort of the same therapist trying to figure out their issues and the like um but yeah it's uh i had not thought about the fact that this is the first time that if you actually hit a cliffhanger you can't just go get the next comic book if you're really interested yes this is literally the disney plus versus the netflix model i've been dealing with the netflix model and being able to just binge all i wanted and then now i had to i had to wait and had to stew as i waited for the new issue to come out so i could find out what happened welcome to the last 45 years of my life Dwayne. this is (laughs) i've been waiting for the next issue to come out since i was like eight years old or something like that. So, yeah, this is this is interesting because there's a lot of there's a lot of plot things kind of open. Again, the whole the whole idea of these characters, Waxman essentially looks like essentially Clayface from DC, right? Very similar. He's got that sort of he can mold himself into something else. Maybe even more like a plastic man, uh, in some ways. But, uh, yeah. In any case. He's, he's one of those chameleon types that allows him to take on another shape. He has only appeared. This is this is the third time in the history of Marvel that this character's appeared. But he was created in 1979. So wow. according to what I can find, he was created in one in Spider-Woman. Uh, back in 1979, he was in a story in issues 17 and 18. And then he was in one superior Spider-Man story. Uh, a few a few years ago and that's it and so again it's like he's going in and just digging through all of these characters and kind of finding finding underutilized or weird characters what's nice about that is it not only gives him the ability to kind of make things a little different but then if you do just decide that you want to take the character and throw him a ball and put him in cement it really doesn't matter if they ever come out again because no one was using this character anyways. Right? No, I suppose not. So it, yeah. it gives you some it gives you some flexibility. It is weird also to think though that you know Sandman is kind of a, a semi-similar character for Marvel. But Clayface has been a big part of Batman lore for a long time. And that Marvel essentially has the exact same character and has just never used him. They, they just decided he uh, he was not he was not relevant to the Marvel Universe. So, anyway, but yeah, so, so you like this one? We like yes. where we're at? Yeah, I, the, so that final panel with him talking about, you know, the fact that there's going to be blood, there, because there's going to be blood tonight, he is literally, like, storming right into, almost off the panel towards you. And, like, you could just feel the vengeance coming <laughs> off of him as, as he walks away. And, like, you see Winter, you see Soldier, you see Tiger kind of in the background. And, and yeah, I am very excited about where this is headed. And and very much looking forward to, to finding out where this goes from here. Because it, yep. it's... It, it's been a very nice, nicely told story. with With even that kind of, like, detour halfway through where he ends up going over into devil's you know gets thrown in prison and we get that separate book for a little bit you i do think it's also interesting at the end the way tigra is kind of quiet but the way she's drawn it's very obvious she's a little uncomfortable with you know the whole there's going to be blood tonight and the like and even the fact that you know he's now there's four of them and she's now in the company of moon knight who might be doing things he shouldn't. Winner, who is very much like a stone cold killer, and Soldier, who's an ex Hydra guy. So 
The people that Moon Knight's surrounding himself with have to give her a little pause. Like the report of Black <laughs> Panther next week is, is going to be difficult, probably, to yeah. make this sound. You know, he's he's throwing people into cement and hanging around with really unsavory types at this point. But yeah. but it's still, yeah, really, really well done. So now, now so we that, just wait a few days and find out. Yeah, so that brings us caught up. We do have black white and blood but i think we should table that and talk about that when we have a full when when we when next we talk about uh new issues for moon knight because i there's three different stories in there that uh and and think that we should spend a little bit more time than we have uh to do to do that book justice you just don't want to have to try and explain the Hickman story, do you? I... No, it's <laughs> it, it's a little. Uh, I don't it, blame you. It's, it, it will it's take a, a while. It, it's a it's a good book. I would recommend if you get a chance and want to want want to see three very different short stories about Moon Knight. I, I definitely recommend picking it up. But it is, yeah, one of the the, the future story is very. Uh, very much out there, and I did not really get it. To be perfectly I, honest, I think you you got it just fine. It's okay. it's just one of those goofy things. But uh, Hickman does some interesting stuff sometimes. We'll have to we'll have to take a thought on that. Um, but yeah, it's a fun one. Well worth picking up. But I do think that that yeah will give us some stuff to start us on the pile for next time, which is yeah. which is excellent. And once we get a, a pile of Moon Knight comics, um, we will. You know, we've got five, six, ten, whatever we decide that, that we want. We'll come back and do an episode revisiting the uh, Moon Knight and, and his crew. So Yes, definitely. So All is right. there any any overarching things about about volume nine real quick uh, as we uh, as we finish finish up? I mean to me it's just the fact that this is very much seeming to me like like an actual new direction for the character that they've they've managed to pull him out from sort of being lost a little bit again during the whole Conchu war and everything else and i really like where moon knight's at right now excited to see what's what's coming up so if uh if a person is interested in getting started in moon knight buying these yeah. and starting now is not a bad place at all yeah def definitely the the this next set of books i think really show just how how good jed mckay is with this character and i am very much looking to forward to seeing where this goes next we're mm -hmm. we're, we're seeing you know previews for 11 and 12 and then it sounds like there's a new story arc and things like that so i i don't want to see jed mckay go anywhere so that means he's probably got two books left and then he's going on to something else unfortunately we will see it uh that would that would stink but it is the way it goes i i am pretty sure he was supposed to be done with the end of this run though so the fact that he has essentially opted in or or, or you know managed to get more time on the book I think is in and of itself pretty promising that he's enjoying it yeah. and might want to stick around. So, I, w I will say this, and I, and I don't know if I mentioned it uh, when we were looking at the first six books. I really like the whole idea of the Midnight Mission as being a vehicle towards a TV show. Yes, it feels a bit um, similar to some of the other kind of police procedurals thing, but I just I like the whole idea of you could do a lot of varying things and have like this big overarching story, but also have like, you know, different people and things mm -hmm. that Moon Knight is investigating because somebody comes and asks for his help. And, and, and so I would really love to see if we get a new season of Moon Knight, the TV show, the backdrop of that, having it be kind of framed in a midnight mission style, um, situation i i think i would really like very cool yeah, i'd agree i think there's a there's a lot of stuff here that could be could be used and mostly i just enjoy the fact that i like 
sort of the weird callbacks to, to crazy characters and things like that. I like the new characters that he's been creating. Um, it just seems like a a very promising new beginning for Moon Knight that, you know, he has sort of, he, he really has sort of burned through almost all of his friends and most of his enemies. So he yeah. does need kind of an entire new cast of characters because they're all either dead or hate him or are so afraid of him that they refuse to fight him anymore. And so right. at that point, uh, this has been this has been a really good reboot. So... All right, All right. Let's, let's look ahead. What are we, what are, what are we doing next? So, here? first off, happy Memorial Day coming up to everybody. Hope you enjoy your uh, your holiday. We are going to take off a week from recording because we'll both be out away from our machines next weekend. So that'll also allow us to kind of collect our thoughts a little and get ready for our episode two weeks from now where we will wrap up our thoughts on the last 45 years of Moon Knight for kind of that comic book wrap-up show on Tuesday, June 7th. So yes. that'll be a big one, going to be a lot of fun. We'll have our kind of idea on you know, what were our favorite runs, what were some of our favorite themes, where things went, went particularly well and particularly badly for, for Moon Knight over the years, uh, etc. So... Yes, and so we, we definitely would love to hear from you if you have some thoughts on on the comic book run and would like to share them with us. Please send us an email or or, or send us a message uh, through Twitter. We would be happy and, and love to include uh, some of your thoughts in that in that wrap up uh, episode. We're also going to divulge where we're going next because we 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 do want to keep. Talking about comics, I, I, I've really enjoyed getting together with, with Dan every week, talking about comics, and so we're, we're, we're going to move on to, to a different topic, and, and mm -hmm. we will share what that is and where you'll find us going forward uh, after that. So There you go. We've got a plan. We have yes. a plan. So, Excellent. All right, and with that, I will thank you once again for joining us this week, and we would love for you to stick around as we sign off on our on our journey through uh, the history of Moon Knight with just that final episode. Uh, we recommend you subscribe to the podcast on your podcast player of choice. That way you'll get each new episode as soon as it's released. If you've already subscribed, please consider leaving us a review. It'll help others find the show. Send us questions or feedback to the show via email. That address is questions at phasesofthemoonnight.com. And for show updates or other announcements, as well as to interact with us on social media, please follow the show on Twitter. We are at phasesofmk. All right. Sounds good. Thanks a lot, everybody. We will see you soon. Yes. We'll talk to you in a couple weeks. Take care, everybody. Thank you.